0: Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence.
1: It's that time of year, our engagement anniversary. In honor of this occasion, on the podcast today, Kevin and I share our engagement story as well as seven tips for engagement. Because being engaged can be an exciting period. But if it's not done with intention, it can easily be wasted. So what does everybody need to know about preparing for marriage? Keep listening to find out.
0: Also on today's episode, you'll hear about a great hack to help you conquer your alarm clock. And on highlight on an incredible young adult movement that you can put into action at your parish. You won't want to miss it. So stay right here.
1: Tomorrow which Tomorrow. Is actually, for you today.
0: That's confusing. Yeah, because I know I know what you're saying.
1: It's Sunday night at the Cotter House, we're it is. podcasting. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow when this podcast goes live, it will be August 28th, which is a very special day. A very special day in the Cotter House. It's the Feast of St. Augustine. That's right. And the day that we got engaged.
0: 13 years ago. Really? Yeah. True story. Yeah, 13. So your maiden name was Augustine.
1: Uh-huh. Augustine, Augustine. Augustine. People pronounce it different ways. But yeah. We pronounce it Augustine.
0: Mm-hmm. And so for, your, for our engagement story, I chose to propose to you on the Feast of St. Augustine.
1: That's right. So, in honor of the fact that tomorrow is our engagement anniversary, tomorrow, today, for you, whatever, we are doing how-to engagement today. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was a listener suggestion, which we, we thought was a great one and so perfectly timed. And to start us off, I feel like we should share a little bit about our engagement story.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be great. Great. I feel like you should tell it
1: okay yeah we didn't talk about this before we started recording <laughs> yeah
0: you kind of emotioned that i was gonna tell it but i think you you think you should tell it
1: okay i'll tell some parts and you can jump in yeah so is this just because you don't remember it is that what's going on
0: no of course <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs>
1: his memory is better that's what this is a game of someone told me they were like write all the details down i'm like i would never forget any of the details how would i
0: forget my own life
1: but this was 13 years ago. So, certainly, the, I remember most of it, but I'm sure there are little details I forget. So, anyways, it was um, yeah, it was a night where you said, Hey, let's go out to dinner. So, we went out to dinner to a French restaurant.
0: It was a French restaurant. And we were seniors in college. Seniors in college. At Benedictine College.
1: Mm-hmm. We went to Le Fou Frog.
0: Ooh, that's impressive. I don't think I could have pulled that out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you can leave those those thoughts to yourself here. <laughs>
0: hey, you're stuck with me, you know. <laughs>
1: okay, so we went to Leifu Frog, a French restaurant. Mm. And then afterwards we went to St. Michael the Archangel Church in Leewood, Kansas. And at the time the church had not been built yet, but
0: just the school and the adoration chapel.
1: Yes. So we were gonna go to adoration which was not abnormal for us to, to have adoration as part of our date so we went to the restaurant then went to the adoration chapel but we didn't go into the adoration chapel instead you had me sit down
0: oh no we went to adoration first
1: did we go i thought oh so we went before and after okay i think yeah we went after too because i remember before okay so we went to adoration then we went out and i sat down there's just gigantic statue of St. Michael the Archangel. Mm -hmm. It was kind of in this like three-sided courtyard. Like a
0: cloister, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: That looked out to where the church would one day be built. But they had not built it yet. All they had built was the school. So I sat down, and so you're sitting in this like round bench, and above you is this big statue of St. Michael the Archangel. And I'm looking out at this empty field, and... This was like an engagement production that began at this moment. It wasn't just like a, will you marry me? It, it took like 20 minutes for you to get to the question.
0: Well, this is why I have you tell this story. Because if I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, so we sat down and you started walking me through these this like series of like almost your life <laughs> in some sense. And you're explaining, you know you love this spot because you're surrounded by this school because it's like three sides like in this in this like horseshoe of the school and you're sitting in the middle of it and like that's been your whole life mm-hmm. but looking out was this field where this church would be built and like that's where you were headed like to after graduation coming up like that's where you were headed was into kind of this unknown of where the church was was being built and so then you kind of walked us through like portions of our of our relationship. I remember you had like all the letters that I had written you, like Mm -hmm. you brought, you brought them and we kind of like read through some of the letters and then you washed my feet.
0: It's true. Had tip to the parents who Mm -hmm. provided warm water for the foot washing. (laughs) That's right. Bob and Laura Cotter. Shout out.
1: Yeah. And this was all like hiding on the other side of the statue. So I didn't even notice it.
0: You're like, where did you get that water? Yeah.
1: Oh, he was pulling stuff out of what looked like thin air and it was Mm -hmm. all just left there. For the public to have read your love letters if we didn't arrive before somebody else did.
0: Big threat at the Adoration Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well,
1: and I remember this one lady came out of the Adoration Chapel and she seemed really like anxious about us and nervous about us.
0: I think it was after I proposed. Yeah. And she like yelled at, me. no, she didn't like, well, she wasn't like, she yelled at us. She's like,
1: get out of here. Yeah. Like, what are you hoodlums doing? Yeah. Hanging out. And,
0: and then g- like ran into the Adoration Chapel, locked the door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think she's the only witness of our engagement, actually, like Mm -hmm. the proposal, actually. Yeah,
0: just her, just the angry lady. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Really important detail. And um, so so we did a whole bunch of these things, and then I remember you bringing me back to that visual of the church and how it was out into the field, and it wasn't built yet. And then you said something very romantic along the lines of, you know, you didn't know what kind of struggles and hardships would come with building the church, and you didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but you knew that's where you wanted to be, was out out there building the church and then you got down on one knee and asked if I would join you in building the church as your wife yeah I said no <laughs> <laughs> that's not true I said yes I said yes
0: it was a good enthusiastic yes yes, yes. Was, no no hesitation I mean yes. you saw it coming for 20 minutes so if you wanted to say no you had a lot of chance yeah before that
1: yes yeah, but, yeah, because once you started pulling things out from behind the statue, I thought... Yeah, I mean, the foot washing,
0: I think he kind of cleared, cleared you in. Yes,
1: and it was all, like, attached. There were, like, three parts to it. They were on faith, hope, and love. I think then the last one was love, because we had never said, I love you. And so then you made a point of of saying I love you before you proposed.
0: This yeah. is great. No, we don't have to write it all down. We just have it on a podcast. That's right. <laughs>
1: Very clearly threaded in the right order, plus the angry adoration lady, things like that. Yeah. Well, I think she was really surprised too because we knew the code to the adoration chapel. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got a text message, um, <laughs> and then um, and then like we came into the adoration chapel. So yeah, and then we went back there um, on our wedding night too.
0: Oh. Oh, oh
1: my gosh, you <laughs> remember that. After our wedding reception, that's, yeah. w-
0: that's where we mm-hmm. went. Yep. Um, it's all coming back. Got it. We went it. back yep. to that same nope. place oh, where Oh, yeah. Clear, crystal clear. No, I really remember it. The
1: moral of the story <laughs> is <laughs> 13 years of, well, we've been together for 14 years, but.
0: Yeah. But engaged for 13.
1: Eight, engaged since, yeah. 13. Anyways. It's like a lot of life has happened. Yeah. Mary. And we've been building the church. It's been great. Yeah. Three kids. What? Five moves? Something like that on um, four, four moves. Anyways.
0: I'm not going to say anything. It might get me in trouble. If I it might. The answer.
1: <laughs> it might. Okay. How about this then? Here's something out, um, that you can speak on freely. So how to engagement. That's, yeah. that's where we're going after tonight. And I think this is a good time of year. Um, not because it's our engagement anniversary, but also because this is a time where a lot of people are getting engaged because yeah. it's good timing for summer weddings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: About 10 months away. About mm-hmm. so. So a little uh, tip for those of you out there who might be thinking about proposing no pressure. Don't feel awkward. Um, so give us some vision, Kevin. What, why, why, how to engagement? What are we, what are we going after with all of this?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to think about what does it look like to be engaged? I think just on a natural sense, wait, what, what's going on here? Then from a Catholic perspective, what does engagement look like? So I was reminded of this a little bit today. We were, uh, at mass together and my son came to me and he said, Hey, where's your other ring? And I said, <laughs> I only have one ring, dude. I've never had two rings. And he goes, why does mom have two rings and you don't have, And you just have one. I said, well, this is my wedding band. Mom has a wedding ring, but she also has an engagement ring. And he was like, why does she have two? And it was during mass. So that was enough conversation. I was going to explain it. But just it's important to think through, like, why, why does engagement even happen? Or in this case, like, why does an engagement ring happen, right? The engagement ring is so that the guy who's proposing to the girl shows that he's really committed to it, right? Like, it's not just a whim or like, hey, baby, will you marry me? It's like, no, I, I thought about this. Like, I, I'm I'm committed. Like, it's on your finger, you know? Um, and Obviously, you can go, like, capitalistic with the ring and make it too much. But there's a reason for it, right? And there's a reason for engagement as well. It's a time period, in which you actually prepare for marriage, right? Where you say, all right, we want to get married. What does it look like? What do we need to do? How do we need to act uh, to in order to get married? I think that's just a really important thing to think about and think through because it's, uh, it's it's when I think things get really real in your relationship and try to figure out how do we actually live this out? Um, how do we make decisions? I think it's where hard conversations happen, um, hard decisions happen. And so it's, yeah, it's a really important stage before marriage. I think it's it's huge.
1: Fantastic. So we have for you today, dear listeners, seven tips for being engaged. Mm-hmm. Seven of them.
0: That's right. Lisa, do you want to start us off with our first tip?
1: Yes. Our first tip is to keep dating. Even, That's even right. though you're engaged. Yeah, I think sometimes it's easy once you get engaged for a lot of couples to kind of think, okay, it's over. Like We've made the decision. Now we don't have to pursue each other anymore. Now we can just begin to plan the rest of our life together, uh, which is true. But at the same time, you want to continue to get to know each other because this process is a very special time where you can learn a lot about each other. The wedding uh, planning itself, I mean, you learn a ton about each other (laughs) through that process. And so you don't want to just see this as a time of... Like, check it off the list. Now we don't have to be, you know, lovey-dovey anymore, whatever it is, yeah. you know. But you really want to continue to to date each other, to continue to pursue each other, to continue to win each other. That's mm-hmm. something that is always important in even a marriage is to constantly be winning each other.
0: Yeah, and I think, like I was saying before, with things get real, you have some really hard conversations. And when you keep that dating perspective up, you keep investing in your relationship, it makes those conversations really hard. Because you're going to deal with well, what are we going to do with my family or my mom wants this to happen at the wedding or I'd really want this at the reason. I mean, you, you're dealing with some difficult things and what's needed in that that situation is a really good relationship to overcome a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure from different family members or just the event. I mean, weddings can just bring a lot of things out of the woodworks from our lives, about our past, about our families, about ourselves. And we need each other even more than, um, and we need those relationships to know that person's right there with us, um, and ready to love us through those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to, to take that time to not every time you get together, it's just about the wedding, just yeah. about wedding planning, like, but you'll drive each other nuts if crazy that's all you ever discuss. And so you want to make sure that you're building in time to continually, to just have fun together yeah. and, and to pursue each other.
0: Yeah. That's great. So that was tip number one, what about tip number two.
1: Tip number two, I feel like is the most obvious tip, and that is to pray together. And I think sometimes prayer for couples can be a little awkward. Mm-hmm. And especially, I think, as Catholics, so we're not as comfortable with just praying freely from our hearts. But as your relationship progresses, so should the level of intimacy in your relationship, which means that the prayer time that you spend together is going to get more intimate if you are courageous enough to allow it. Yep. So, um, I think it's important, I mean, during our engagement, we did a couple of things together, um, that were more traditional prayers. Um, so for example, we did the total consecration, um, to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort we did that together. Um, and then we actually prayed the consecration prayer. Do you remember this? I remember this. (laughs) We prayed the consecration prayer at our wedding. So after we received communion, we took flowers to Mary and that's when we actually prayed, it was the last day of our consecration. We prayed on that day. So that was cool. Um, and part of that total consecration is you pray a lot of rosaries, mm-hmm. like an absurd amount of rosaries. Yep. Uh, so we got finger rosaries for everybody as their wedding gift. And we used those finger rosaries. We prayed with each rosary, we prayed a rosary on each rosary. As we were praying through that. Sometimes we had to put like two rosaries on each finger.
0: <laughs> Towards the end, it got a little, you're like, all right, hey. We got to get through these. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, so we use that time to really draw close to our lady in prayer. So that's great. I think that I've definitely encouraged couples to pray the traditional Catholic prayers, but also pray from their heart together, maybe before or after the rosary. Just asking for those intentions on your own heart, um, because that is a way of, of growing deeper, um, in love and trust with each other and um, prayer is just so foundational for marriage if you if you don't have prayer in your life it's it, it's gonna be a really rough go and it's going to be a lot of struggle uphill struggle if you're not inviting Jesus into the relationship in an intentional way
0: yeah and just as you need that relationship as a couple more when you're going through difficult times your relationship with our Lord right like when you're facing all these, struggles or difficulties or anxieties, whatever it might be, you, you want to let God's grace into those experiences. Lord, help help me figure out what to do with my mom's request and my fiance who doesn't want to do that requ- whatever it is, you know, like we need to rely on him instead of ourselves. And that that just prepares you so well for marriage. It's the sacrament. You're actually receiving a supernatural grace, an amazing way, and just opening ourselves up to it. Sacrament's um, always work, but we can always help them by being uh, disposed to them, to being open to them. So just prayer is a as a natural way to, to really make sure that um, we're not, you know, showing up on the wedding day and saying, all right, I'm ready to receive the sacrament that no, for months we've been ready to receive this and we're open to the Lord moving in our lives in a powerful way. Cool. So the first two steps, first one was keep dating. Second was prayer. And now we have our third step, Lisa. What is it?
1: Study marriage. Yeah. Um, become a student of the sacraments of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, There are so many resources we could give you. I'm going to rattle off a couple really quickly. And we will put them into the show notes for you. Uh, But it's just really important to understand the sacrament that you're entering into. And not just think of it as, you know, like, oh, it's together forever. But no, there's like a real mystery behind this sacrament of marriage. And you want to take the time to understand what it is that you are committing to. What are you saying yes to? What does it mean? What is the church Calling you to what graces can you expect from this sacrament? Like what is behind all of this? Because it's not just a nice ceremony, but there's something that's going to indelibly change in you through the sacrament of marriage, which you and your spouse confer.
0: Two become one.
1: That's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, that kind of is life altering
1: yes it is
0: and way to use the word confer i enjoyed that thank you yeah that's great thank
1: you so first of all the catechism has great stuff to say about marriage paragraphs uh 1601 to 1666 has some great uh, just an overview of what marriage is uh, pope john paul two's theology of the body yeah we would definitely suggest if that's not something you've really familiarized yourself with to begin studying up on there's you can start at the basic level of Theology of the Body for Beginners. Um, there's like multiple levels. Um, if yeah. you're if you're really feeling theological, you can just read his actual text. That might take you your entire engagement to get through. Or your um, entire marriage. Yeah, or <laughs> your entire marriage. Um, but hey, if, if you like theology, then that's always the best thing to read. Um, Three to Get Married by Blessed Fulton Sheen is a mm-hmm. classic marriage book uh, that would be great to read. The Catholic Handbook for Engaged and Married Couples. You can search that one. We'll have it in the show notes as well. Uh, There's this new one. I actually don't, um, I actually have not read this book, um, but it's a new book that I think would be, I like like the idea behind it. So I'm just going to throw it out there for you to research. It's called The Transition, A Practical Guide to Engagement for the Catholic Man. Which I think is very cool because sometimes we think of engagement and wedding plans as just this girly thing that's exciting for the girl and the guy Mm -hmm. just kind of comes along and is like, okay, like we're going to get married. This is awesome. Yeah. But something intentional for men to do. I think women naturally are thinking about all these things, but sometimes it's just nice to have a little push. So uh, something to check out. And then lastly, I'm always talking about form.org stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beloved, the Beloved video series is on marriage. It's, It's what they use for marriage prep. You might even use it yourself through your uh, parish's marriage prep program. Um, A little bonus in there for you is you get to see Kevin and I running in that series. And we tell a bit of our love story in that series, which is a lot of fun.
0: It is really fun. I just want to say a little bit on the book, the transition, which again, I haven't seen yet or read, but I think we have um, definitely in our society, just an extended adolescence. And I think what marriage helps men do is grow up and be men and not just be high school boys who are in their twenties. Um, and so just, I just really echo what you said, Lisa, about, all right, marriage prep is not, uh, something that just a a woman is involved with, but how's the guy engaging and and trying to move forward of what does it mean for me to be a husband? What does that look like? How does that change who I am and my roles and responsibilities? And, um, that just huge because, uh, for, for most, uh, marriage is going to lead to family and children and, uh, You definitely need husbands to step up. So really, uh, yeah, echo that. So we've been through three of our tips. And now it's time for one of my favorite parts of our show, the hack and highlight. Yes. Lisa, what's our hack today?
1: Today's hack was inspired by one of my favorite podcasts, Gretchen Rubin's Happier Podcast. And she gave a hack recently on... How to get out of bed when your alarm goes off. <laughs> the reason this is Catholic is, I love uh, St. Jose Maria Escrivá talks about this as the heroic minute. Mm-hmm. So he says this, the heroic minute, it is the time fixed for getting up without hesitation, a supernatural reflection, and up. The heroic minute, here you have a mortification that strengthens your will and does no harm to your body. So he's saying when the alarm goes off, the heroic minute is you get right out of bed. You don't hit the snooze eight times. You don't um, maybe like, I don't know what, kind of ignore your alarm. But you actually, in that moment, boom, you're up. And so what Gretchen had um, suggested that I think is a great thing to help you with your heroic minute is to put your alarm on the other side of the room. That way you can't hit the snooze you have to physically Mm -hmm. get out of bed walk across the room and get your alarm and turn it off
0: i've even seen i feel like there's an invention where you can put your alarm and it like is on wheels and it'll drive around your room so you have to find (laughs) it to turn it off that's awesome i'm not it's not a joke and if it yeah if i'm making it up then i'm gonna invent it but i'm pretty sure there's something you can buy that drives your alarm around the room so you have to get up and chase it
1: that'll get you going Oh, yeah. That's Heroic Minute right there. It's great. So that's something for you to try. If you want to work on the Heroic Minute, put your phone or your alarm on the other side of the room and make yourself get out of bed. That's great. All right, Kevin, what's our highlight?
0: Our highlight is ID 916. There's a lot of amazing things in our church for high schoolers, for people in college, for adults. But I think when it comes to young adults, sometimes it's kind of this in-between age or in-between demographic where parishes aren't quite sure how to adjust Um, diocese or archdiocese, try to provide something. But I've really seen amazing things from ID 916, which stands for Intentional Disciples as the ID. And it's run by a guy named Peterak, who's an amazing, amazing guy. And they set up basically chapters for young adults to help form intentional disciples. And I'm just always inspired. They're always getting better and better. And so just really look into it. If you're a young adult, uh, or going to be a young adult in a parish sometime soon, uh, just look at ID 916. Uh, anywhere from having a chapter at, at your parish or in your diocese to just following them on social media. Um, they have an amazing Instagram channel, I've noticed lately, and so that would be just an easy way to get plugged in uh, with them. And, uh, yeah, they're doing fantastic work.
1: Yes, and we will have that in our show notes. And as always, if you have any Catholic hacks for us, you can send them to us at hello at made com. It's been really fun. We've been getting some in that we're really excited to incorporate into some future episodes that we will be sharing listener hacks over the next few episodes coming up here. So send us more if you've got them.
0: That's right. All right, well, today we've been talking about how to engagement. We've looked over our first th- three tips for being engaged And now we're on to our fourth tip. Lisa, what is our fourth tip for how-to engagement?
1: Our fourth tip is to register well. And the reason that this is so important is that it can be easy when you are registering to kind of take a couple of extremes. One Mm -hmm. is to not really think about the registry and then end up with a bunch of really cheap just kind of junk and you just kind of flippantly put stuff on the list. On the other side, you can be a little gluttonous about it and get to the point where it's almost like it consumes you and you get worried about it and you just want all this stuff and it's just something that you're constantly thinking about. And so when it comes to registering as a Catholic couple, okay, I really thought I'd turn that off, but I don't know how to turn it off. Maybe
0: next time, Lisa. Maybe Sorry. next time.
1: Um <laughs> that was our neighbor. We don't need to chicken sit anymore. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast episode. How two chickens sit. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: Stay tuned. Um, so with registering, point being that you really, you really want to think it through. You want to make sure that you are um, putting things on your on your registry that are quality, that are gonna last. Um, I, we just, I kind of felt like we registered for really cheap stuff just because we were straight out of college and everything we bought was cheap. But now looking back.
0: We didn't even know what expensive stuff was. No.
1: (laughs) I wish we would have gone for less items, but higher quality items. Mm. Because there were some things we got that I'm like, we did not need that. We Mm. never used it. That was silly. And I just, I wish that we would have thought through better 10 years from now. Where's that item going to be? Is it still going to be functioning? Is it still going to be necessary? Um, I think, I think our one splurge thing, we got a Roomba.
0: <laughs> we did, in fact, get we a did Roomba. in fact,
1: and I'm like, that was so dumb looking back now. So just really make sure you register well, think it through, be a good steward of this opportunity where you're going to be getting and, you know, a lot of guests and make sure that it's, uh going to be things that are actually going to serve you and will work for the long haul.
0: And you might be asking yourself, well, how do I figure that out, right? Like how do I?" I, I think the best thing to do is talk to somebody who's been married for five or 10 years, right? I think sometimes it's easy to talk to our parents who got married and registered a long time ago and they have some really great advice, but sometimes it's really good, hey, you just got married what was helpful but I think the harder one is someone who's been married five or ten years and say what do you wish you had and what do you still have that's so great and to talk to two or three of those couples and really get to the bottom of what when I pick out dishes what am I what the heck am I doing when I'm looking at China like why you know get to the why uh, and really try to try to get some wisdom because uh the, the struggle with registry is real that's hard and you sometimes just want to get it over but it's it's worth doing correctly cool let's Move to tip number five. Lisa, our fifth tip for how-to engagement.
1: How-to engagement is to lean into marriage prep. And I know when you're in the midst of planning the wedding, sometimes you can think marriage prep is just one more thing and it can seem almost like a burden.
0: Like, I already know all this stuff. That's how I'm getting married.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there can be so much, I- if you have a good marriage prep program, let's, let's put it that way, a good marriage prep program they're asking the right questions Mm -hmm. and they're drawing out the important things to be discussing. And as annoying as it can seem to have to go to certain classes or maybe it's uh, go on a weekend retreat or I, I remember we had to take like a compatibility test and go see a psychologist. And there were actually a lot of things I felt like on our checklist for it. But if you lean into it, you can really glean a lot from it. And I think it's worth considering Uh, what it is that they're putting forth to you and not just blowing it
0: off. Yeah, that's really good. And I also recommend just trying to find, similar to the registry, trying to find another couple that you can just walk with and say, what does this look like in reality in your marriage five years down the road with kids, whatever it might be. And they might not be the first couple you'd pick. That might be somebody who you wouldn't imagine. But if they're a quality couple living out the faith in a dynamic way who love the Lord, ask them questions and I bet they'll just give you an amazing, amazing wisdom. So really, really important.
1: Yeah. Probably one of the best pieces of our marriage prep, the priest who was marrying us, father Brendan had us meet with a local couple in town who had like three or four kids at the time. Mm-hmm. They just had one after when we started coming over and we met with them at their house a couple times and had dinner and just talked with them and, um, that was probably, I think one of the more fruitful aspects. Um, we had this weird hybrid cause we were cross diocese <laughs> for, which I'm sure a lot of people do. We weren't, we, where we were living wasn't the diocese we were getting married in. And so we had kind of some interesting experiences on the other side. So, yeah. um, so if you, um, are in a situation where maybe you're not feeling like you're getting the best marriage prep, one resource we would suggest to you to look up is catholicmarriageprep.com. They do a really good job of having just a solid marriage prep experience um, and you can check them out for further things. Um, and then finally, with this lean into marriage prep, take the NFP classes seriously. Yeah, I think it can be very easy to go to one of two extremes again on NFP. One extreme of thinking, no way, that's just not, that's stupid, it's archaic, we're not even going to consider it. Or the other extreme of well, gosh, I don't want to use NFP as Catholic contraception, so let's not learn it because mm-hmm. I don't want to be tempted to use it. Um, but I think that the church has given NFP to us for a reason, and you don't you just—you don't know. You don't know what your family is going to grow into, what challenges you're going to face, and there might come a time of crisis where, gosh, maybe you didn't want to ever have to use NFP, but you've got a sick child, and, and you have to. Yep. In that moment of crisis, you don't want to be trying to learn NFP. Um, and there's a lot of wisdom in the church with NFP. So if you're, if you're just not sure about it, now's the time to check it out. Cause you don't want to look back and go, I wish we would have checked that out years later and regret that fact. So yep. hopefully NFP is on your list. If it's not, put it on your list and learn it.
0: So that was our fifth tip, which was lean into marriage prep. Lisa, what's our sixth tip?
1: Our sixth tip is to talk to a trusted friend about the wedding night.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Do we need to say anything else about that? mm
0: nope.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> Talk to a trusted friend about the wedding night.
0: That was tip number six.
1: We are not that trusted friend on the air. Nope.
0: Sure aren't. Nope. Tip number seven. Tip number Lisa, seven. Our last one here.
1: Remember, it's not all about you. I think it can be so easy in all of the planning to just get focused on yourself or on you as a couple. But the reality is, is that you're uniting two lives, you're uniting two families, you're uniting two circles of friends potentially. And, when you are hosting the wedding, you are hosting. You you are being the host and the hostess, and it, there's a hospitality level that is essential to the wedding day. People are likely coming from all over the country just to be there to celebrate you, and if you can get so caught up in just, it's it's my day, I can do whatever the heck I want, it can lead to not living virtuously yep. <laughs> and not living in a way that you're going to be proud of years later when you look back on your wedding. So just just remember that. It's not all about you. Let people into the process. Let them help with the wedding plans. Think about and consider them in the process, and, and you're going to look back on your wedding a lot more fondly.
0: Yeah, we're meant to be a gift of self, and I think ultimately through marriage, but ultimately our marriages are supposed to serve our society. They're supposed to serve our church. They're supposed to serve our family. And so but what better way to start off this sacrament and this union been doing that on your wedding day. Uh, It's just a great sign and symbol for what you're, you're partaking in. All right, so those were our seven tips for how to engagement. Our first tip was keep dating. Our second tip was to pray. Third tip was to study marriage. The fourth tip was to register well. The fifth tip was to lean into marriage prep. Sixth tip, which we did not talk extensively about, which was to talk to a trusted friend about the wedding night. And the seventh tip, remember, it's not all about you. Those are seven good tips. Great. How
1: about our challenge, Kevin? How to challenge? Our challenge.
0: I know some of you might be thinking, well, I'm not engaged right now, so how does this apply to me? How do I live this out? And I would say no matter where you're at in the spectrum of uh, marriage and engagement—we, it's still something we can invest more deeply in. So, if you don't have a vocation yet, discern that vocation. Think about it more. Spend time with a married couple. Read a book on discernment, whatever it might be. Dive into that. If you are engaged, uh, this is a great uh, list of tips you can do. Or if you're married, I think a lot of these things apply to you today. How do you invest more in your relationship? It's nothing that you just get married and then you're done. We're always trying to uh, engage. Um, more into our own marriage and get more enriched by it and figure it out and and to live it out better so i think you can do that as well so that'd be our our how to challenge lisa what's uh how'd you like to close the show here
1: (laughs) that was a really good transition perfect (laughs) nailed it (laughs) We're still figuring out how to close the show up properly. So thanks for joining us today on the How To Catholic Podcast. One last thing to share with you all or to ask of you all is if you enjoy our show, would you tell a friend about it? I think word of mouth is the best way to get the news out about something. um, And we would just be delighted if you enjoy our show and if you would tell a friend about it and uh, show them how to give it a listen. So thanks for joining us today on the podcast. And until next time, be saints. It's worth it.